Real Collective Podcast, as Brendan has deemed it, the RCP. Brendan's not here today. He's dealing with sick kids, just like most of the rest of the city of Ottawa and likely around the world. Um, so, uh, as always, feel free to uh, like the uh, podcast, share this uh, content with some people who might find it interesting, and uh, subscribe to the channel so you can see more content like this, as well as uh, keep up to date with new listings when they hit the market before they wind up on MLS. They'll be on our YouTube channel. Uh, Of course, you can also schedule an appointment with myself, or you can also likely schedule an appointment with my uh, pal here, Elliot on this side, <laughs> uh, in the Calendly links below. So feel free to go ahead and do that. Um, as I said, we do have uh, my my pal Elliot Mold here. Elliot is uh, not only a realtor with our team, but also is a seasoned real estate investor. Uh, we do a lot of work on our team with real estate investors, and so decided that instead of looking at uh, the lens through, you know, hearing what it's like in the world today, hearing from uh, other realtors, we can hear it from the perspective of, I mean, yes, Elliot's a realtor, but he's also an investor. So looking at it from a different perspective, um, Elliot, this is the second time that you're on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again. Why don't you take a couple minutes and uh, introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, what you're all about, and then uh, we'll get into a quick chat. Well, thanks, Sean. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, an honor to be part of this podcast. You know, I've... Uh, I was only invited on once before, and uh, and I was wondering if uh, after that first one I may never be invited back, but uh, I have, and we won't mention that it's only because Brennan was sick today, and even though you already have, but we won't focus on that. Oh, there's somebody at my door. Um, hopefully, it's uh, nothing too important. Anyway, um, I am expecting a car, a vehicle to be delivered to my house uh, sometime, so I hope it's not that. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, as Sean mentioned, I'm a, I'm a realtor on the team, the Real Collective. I have been for um, about three and a half years now. And even before being a realtor, I had a background in real estate in, uh, in general uh, as an investor. So I had a, I had a passion for real estate and uh, being a realtor uh, just played into that uh, after I you know finished my 18-year career with the Royal Canadian Air Force. And uh, the, the real estate bug had me really good. Now we're talking about all kinds of virus bugs that everyone gets. Well, I caught the real estate bug back then. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's lingered. I have what they call, uh, people have long COVID. I have long real estate investor bug. So anyway, um, yeah, so that brings us here and uh, and on this podcast today. So I yeah, I'm often dealing with, you know, helping clients as a realtor do their thing. And then at the same time, you know, as an investor personally, um, yeah, finding the same ups and downs and, uh, you know, experiences that a lot of the clients have uh, as as investors as well. So I am definitely able to to speak to both sides of that. And I think often we hear from the, the agents as to what's going on in the market and stuff like that. But we don't necessarily get a chance to hear about. Sorry, there's a, somebody backing in in my direct. Um, yeah. Uh, we don't necessarily get to hear about the the client or the investor perspective. Yeah, so, absolutely. And you, you've got you've got a number of different projects in the go. You own multiple properties here in town, uh, some in some secondary communities. 
uh, and you're even branching out to uh, other countries. I, I've noticed there's it's been sort of a theme in the last little while to see realtors that I'm friends with on Facebook go into other countries, whether it's uh, into you know Florida or the United States or even down to Costa Rica, Mexico, uh, that sort of thing. It seems to be more and more pro more and more prolific um, that agents and investors are moving to not just secondary markets around, you know, in Ontario, but sometimes secondary markets uh, or, or not even secondary markets, just completely different markets altogether. Um, so we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit uh, as we get into it. But before we do, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, what, what your real estate investment journey has been and what the types of projects that you started with and sort of the stuff that you've got going on now and then what you think your future might look like. Hmm, for sure. So uh, originally, I think uh, we started with what we would call house hacking without really knowing it way back when. And uh, to the point where I, I, you know, I owned a home that I didn't live in and I rented it out. But then I personally went and rented an apartment. So it, it, at, the, you know, at the beginning, it was what makes most sense with the numbers. And at that point, you know, it was a difference of about a thousand dollars a month in my pocket by renting out my own home and then going to rent the property. So that's how it started. And there was some some sharing of my own home with other people, renting out rooms and stuff like that. Then it was uh, creating a, a secondary unit in, in a home that I lived in the main floor and rented out the basement. And we did a couple of those. And then we finally said, you know what, no more tenants in our own home and uh, let's get a, an adult house a single family home with no other units and with no plans of adding units and then just keep our investments and our renters uh, separate at other properties. So since then, are you had something to say? Yeah. Yeah. I said, you're, you're going to finish your basement soon. You sure you're not going to put a unit down there? No, but I have a big, big garage with a flat roof on it. And I've been thinking about going over top of the garage and adding a unit there. Maybe you never know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's where we're at then. I would say, you know, for the most part, we've been, we have purchased just a couple properties. I call them uh, off the shelf, where you're buying a four unit property, they're listed, you're inheriting tenants. It is what it is. You buy it, the cash flow is okay, and, and, and that's it. And if someone ends up leaving at some point, great. Hopefully, maybe when you're buying this property, one of the units are vacant. You know, then you've got a little bit of lift there. You can do some value add, you know, uh, renos to the unit. And in, in increase the value of that unit, and then also increase the rent. So those are great. So we, we've we've done we certainly have done a few of those through our process, but more so recently, I think especially with the way the market was going, and it was uh, quite the trend where everyone was hearing about the the Burr strategy. Um, well, before that, it didn't have that name. It, it was called forced appreciation, and uh, and then you would you would increase the value of the property, increase the rent, and 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 then therefore you know um, at the end of the day you come back with a higher higher valuation, higher valuation, and then uh, pull some money back out. So we've been doing that recently, a lot of value add stuff. So adding a unit, adding multiple units, getting units that are vacant and fixing them up. Um, I'm not the type of person, or we haven't been the type of people to go through and start trying to boot everybody out of a building that we've purchased. We're just sort of more on the, on the front end, hoping to get some that do have the vacant units already. And uh, yeah, to the point where we're now, we're creating eight new units in a building um, that was um, just a large building before we just kind of just created the shell inside the building and then started putting units in and um, you know, uh, some converting of commercial uh, units to residential units in another building 
Um, and yeah, looking for more projects like that. We've got one that we're kind of looking at right now that would be adding maybe eight units inside an existing building again, uh, maybe more. So those are what we've done. And we've done that because we needed to sort of stay ahead of the curve. So um, we went to secondary markets years ago because we wanted more cash flow. Well, now, I mean, cash flow is almost non-existent and, and you don't even find that much of it in the secondary markets anymore. So we found that to, to still get that cash flow, we had to be more creative and we had to do things other people maybe weren't willing to do, which was, uh, you know, heavy on the rentals and have some creativity and ask for, you know, zoning uh, permission or zoning allowances from the town or from the city to, to do these larger projects and go through that process, which takes a lot of time and costs a lot of money carrying the, the project. And uh, those are not necessarily things that people want to be doing, which I get. Right. So that's what we have been doing. And, and, and you've been, you've been really focusing on um, not so much trying to get the, the deal wherever it might be, but really developing uh, your, 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 you know, Trumpian stronghold in, 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 in one or two markets that are relatively close to each other. And as a result, I think you've, you've built up a good, really good relationship with some of the, 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 the local people who are in, ter- in terms of doing policy and, 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 you know, trial and error with finding uh, different, um, uh, different handymen and, and different people to do, to do work. Right. Um, and, and, and it's been, it's been interesting to see, I mean, I'm, I've, I've got to see it really closely over the last three and a half years. Uh, how you've you've you're building yourself up in these communities as opposed to some investors are like oh hey I found this building it's wherever in northern Ontario and there's no connection to the community the 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 focus there was about well I want to uh, I want to I want to make as much money as I can I think that's maybe where you started but I think that as you're spending more and more time in these communities there's 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 a connection I think that you're that you're getting with with that local uh, with that local area that can't really I don't I don't want to foreshadow it I guess um, right I I think well it, it goes back to the beginning um, I had a passion for real estate years ago so this never started as a, oh how do I plan for wealth building for my family in the future so I can create legacies so they don't have to worry and all this stuff hey you've known me for a long time. I mean, I'm the guy that's like never had a personal budget, is terrible with bills, was terrible with finances, all that stuff. So when I got into this, it wasn't it wasn't to create this future for myself. It's because I really love buildings and I love, you know, converting things. And I like having tenants come in and seeing this beautiful unit and, you know, saying to us like, oh, wow, I would love the opportunity to live here. And, and, and you know, being able to present that to somebody and say, here, they would like you to have it. And, and you know, having those experiences with them and change taking something from looking terrible and not being used to making it beautiful and having it be a nice unit for somebody so those are the things that i really like and it it has never really been about the business side of things so much um i mean that's always there in the back of my mind but it's really just because i i enjoy doing it now there's many stressful times sometimes there's more stressful times than 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 happy times but it's all part of the process and uh, that's the biggest reason why we do it. So by being close, um, I'm able to experience the real estate part of it. I'm able to go and touch and walk and make decisions and, you know, uh, conceptualize standing in the space 
um, that I wouldn't be able to do if I was over a video call to a project to a property manager, you know, 10 hours away, right? So that's, I think the biggest thing is um, it feeds the passion of the real estate for me. So that's... Can't you just hop on your private jet and drive down to uh, or fly fly down to Mexico where you're working on your uh, mega project? No, no, I can't. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 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 not able to do that. Um, no, I like the hour drive, especially in the summer. I get in one of my old cars. I go down there. I, I can spend the whole day down there. Like, and I really, I'm not even accomplishing anything. I just like being in them, and I like walking and checking and and being a part of it. And I, I like being in those towns where. There's a lot of history, and I feel like you're making a difference. Um, and because of that, yeah, we've been able to create relationships with the the you know the 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 town hall and the, and the city you know office and stuff like that. And you know to be able to if they they see us continually trying to do things there that are you know helping out the town and helping out the area, then they're happy to work with us, right? So you know being able to call the town planner or the chief building officer and, and have them answer the phone, like a personal call whenever we want to ask questions. That's great. And we've established that because, you know, because we do pull permits because we aren't jerks when we're dealing with them. We aren't like getting pissed off and they tell us we have to change something, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a good working relationship and it's taken some time to create, but we want to, I don't want to say exploit that, but we want to keep it going uh, as much as possible rather than spreading ourselves all over and not having those relationships. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that's helpful. All right, well, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about what it's like to be an investor in the current state of the market uh, and, and how you can even still, considering where we're at, still find some opportunities. And then uh, we'll also talk a little bit about what some opportunities are outside of uh, outside of Ontario, because uh, you've been you've been playing in that realm as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that um, on the on the other side of this ad. As always, uh, everybody, if you are liking what you are hearing, uh, click that like button. If you are not subscribed to the channel yet, please do so so that you can keep up to date with everything that's going on. And if you are uh, watching this and you think, oh, my friend really needs to hear about what's going on. And, Feel free to share this with them. Uh, click on the link down below uh, for the Calendly link. And you can also click on the link down below uh, if you'd like to see the previous conversation that we had with Elliot. So the, the, the last time he was on this podcast, you can click on that as well. And uh, we'll be back right after this. This episode of the Real Collective podcast is brought to you by Real Collective. Real Collective brings together best-in-class real estate agents and collective experts in the field to deliver the best possible service to our clients. We govern ourselves with honesty, open-mindedness, and compassion. With diverse skill sets, our agents are able to better serve a wide array of clients, including first-time buyers, first-time sellers, transferees, estate sales, investors, and rural, vacation, and luxury properties. Authenticity and transparency are pillars of our process, which allows us to put our clients at the center of everything we do. Our years of experience and knowledge allow us to deliver prestigious service and optimal results. If you are interested in buying or selling your home, contact us today at realcollective.ca. Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Collective Podcast, a.k.a. the RCP. As always, click that like button, subscribe button, and share this with all of your friends. 
so that more than three people will see this video. Uh, you can schedule an appointment directly with Elliot or myself in the Calendly link below. Uh, and in the second half, we're going to do a bit of a deeper dive into what it's like for investors right now. So Elliot, not only are you an investor, but as a realtor, you are working with a bunch of different investors. Um, so what is it like buying now? I mean, the, the rates have gone up. There's no secret about that. The prices have also gone down uh, in some cases uh, for the places that are selling. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what are you finding when, I mean, I, I noticed you were, you were looking to uh, maybe buy, buy a place yesterday or two days or three days ago, whenever it was. Um, how, how is that? So I really think a lot of it has to do with kind of like perspective and, and where everybody is in their journey. And I think that the, the, you can sort of say the answer, regardless of where you're, you are in your journey should be the same, but it may not be as easy to uh, proceed if you're early on your journey, because there need, there needs to be some faith and some trust and some, you know, um, uh, yeah, like a leap, leap of faith. I don't want to say leap of faith, but there needs to be some sort of understanding of, hey, there's always been market cycles and investors will will always find a way to invest regardless of the market, right? And and, and they'll continue on. They don't just take a, a hiatus for three or four years and then try to swing back into things when, when the market turns because by that point, it's too late, right? Typically, um, the best thing has always been to always run in the direction where everybody else is not going. Right. So if everybody's running one way, run essentially where they came from kind of thing and, and always do the different thing, because that's where, you know, where you'll 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 have opportunity. Right. Um, as soon as you start following everybody else, well, everyone's doing the same thing and there, there, there's no opportunity there. Right. And I think that's what really happened over the last few years is that everybody was running to the same thing. And now they're all running away from it. So. Yeah, rate, rates have changed. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate. I think we were we we had it so good there for a few years, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, rates are going to go back up," and that was pre-COVID. And everyone forgets that that was going to happen. That was already slated. It was happening. Do I think it would have happened to the extreme that it did? Absolutely not. It's happening the way it is now because because of the last two years, when instead of going up, they they dropped. So now we're like making up for it like tenfold, right? And uh, and that's why it's so drastic. I think if COVID never happened, the rates would have gone up conservatively. And uh, hopefully that would have done the trick. But uh, it just pushed it off. And now they're, you know, they're really trying to make up ground fast. And and that's really, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. To the point where I was, you know, doing some uh, financial sheet for some banking stuff that we're doing, and I had to go through all the properties, and I have some projects that are on the go, and I was having to calculate the monthly payment for them when I, when I have a mortgage on them, and it's significant. And these properties were like looking like they were going to be pretty good cash flowing properties, and now it's going to be more about just getting my money back out and having uh, the principal pay down, right, and some appreciation and less about the cash flow, and that's that's a stinger, but. Owning the asset at a time like this is important. Having those assets will always be important. Cash flow is great, but I think that the long game and the and the wealth is created through owning assets. So I think it's important to keep that in mind and find a way to still acquire the asset now, knowing that, you know, Everyone says, oh, I wish I had a bought real estate 10 years ago. I wish I had a bought real estate five years ago. Oh, I wish I had a, 
and people were saying, oh, well, the rates 10 years ago were really high too, you know, and no, no, no. And we, it's all hindsight. But everyone's always saying that. So what's going to happen is at some point we're going to get through what we get through, what we're doing with dealing with now. Might be two, three, five years. Who knows? But there's going to be the same people, the same type of people saying, oh, I wish I had a, I wish I had a, I wish I had a. And, and you know, try to avoid being part of that group because the asset is is what you need to have. Um, so at the end of the day, also too, investment properties typically hold their value very well. As long as they're not a single family home, anything with multiple units, and the more units, the better, it's going to hold its value. A building that's making a certain amount of money all of a sudden doesn't just drop by 25% of value when it's still making the same amount of money, right? So, and that's the difference. You're essentially buying a mini business, right? And that mini business still has income and still has financials and still has whatever. So there's something there. The value may change a little bit, but it's not going to drop like 20% like the residential market has, right? So they're very, very secure because the rents haven't changed. In fact, they've gone up. Right. So, you know, all of a sudden, it's not like people all of a sudden don't need a rental and now they're not going to rent off you. Right. So that's that's staying pretty secure. So um, for me, anyway, what it's looking like now is uh, a couple things. It's obviously the numbers still have to work. Uh, but it may mean that there's more opportunity to buy properties now with without competition. Now, that could be competition both on the market. And yes, people were competing for multifamily homes and, and investment properties. Uh, they were holding offers and multiple offers and multiple clean, no, unconditional offers on multi-unit properties became very common as well. Um, so now you can say, I don't have to compete. And I can run my numbers. I can pick a number that works. And I can, and I can use that. And I can negotiate. I would say is the big thing. And not only are, are we negotiating price, but we can negotiate terms that work better for you. And uh, we can also maybe negotiate some sort of financing uh, from the seller because maybe the seller is more motivated because, uh, you know, things aren't flying off the shelf. And there may be an opportunity to uh, to get some to, to maybe take over a mortgage at 3%, an existing mortgage, and, and assume that uh, you may be able to borrow back the down payment from the seller or just just if it's a, if the seller owns the property outright just let them be the bank right at at 4 or 5% something like that depending on the situation i mean everybody's got a different situation when it comes to that stuff but those are all options now that have come back you know and uh, we weren't talking with them for a long time and uh, but that's real real estate investing is that type of financing especially in this kind of market is is thinking outside the box this is not this is not new stuff this stuff's been in books forever. Um, you know, it's always been a part of real estate investing, but now it's coming back as more of a, of a realistic option. So, absolutely. I uh, there's there's a there's a saying that always sticks with me. It says, you know, when's when's the best time to plant a tree? The answer: twenty years ago. When's the next best time to plant a tree? Right now, right? And so there, I think I think you you hit the nail on the head. There's there's some real opportunity, uh, real opportunity there. Uh, Notwithstanding the rates that are happening, obviously, because the rates have an impact on cash flow. Um, but where it does have, uh, you know, if the if the if the average prices come down significantly um, and you're buying now, it could be the case that the average price goes up significantly from from now, right? If the, if if we if we rebound, it might be a faster rebound. Nobody knows, right? Nobody knows what's going to happen down the road. What we do know is what's happening right now, and what's happening right now is the prices are lower. And in any market, anybody is always going to tell you buy low and sell high. So, you know, with lower prices now, it's a great time to be buying. 
if you can if you can figure out the financial piece of it and sometimes if you're just starting it's it's about you know borrowing from friends and family people who have actual real cash right and that you don't need to borrow directly from the bank and that might that might solve it for you borrowing like you say from from the seller if they own the property outright there's lots of different uh creative ways uh to to finance the property you're not always necessarily relying on the bank right Mm -hmm. I mean, then there's the whole discussion about inflation too, right? So your dollar today and what's that dollar worth in three or four years from now? And then you say, oh, well, the interest rates have come back down. Now I'm going to buy. Well, your dollar is going to be worth less then. So, and and that's fine. So use that depreciating value of your dollar to buy something now and and own that property so that in three or four years, when, when you're when you're when that same dollar would have been worth less, I mean, already own that property, right? And 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 have that. And take advantage of that. They say that uh, you know that's an inflation buster is uh, is is owning real estate, right? So um, I think the thing too is to remember that um, we had a crazy last couple of years, and the market was wild, and it was more than anybody had seen. And and even people that have been, you know, we talk to agents all the time. I've been doing this for thirty years. I've seen it all. I've seen the eighties. I've seen the nineties. I've seen everything. I've seen two thousand eight. I've seen all it all. Well. They've seen it all, and and they could probably all agree that we haven't quite seen anything like we saw the last couple of years. And, um, you know, we're not that far removed from that. And we haven't solved the issues, the underlying issues that created that problem. There was super high demand and low inventory. Well, that demand has not been satisfied. So that demand uh, will come back, and it's still there. It's just waiting on the sidelines for the interest rates, right? So as soon as things start to, everyone's waiting for the interest rates to improve, well, those people are going to be right back at it, right? All rush into the same thing, all pushing the values up of those things. Because, in, in fact, it may be even worse shape. You know, we have immigration happening. It's another two or three years of immigration um, and and still being further and further behind with uh, affordable housing and available housing and all that stuff. So. I, I think it's really important to, you know, be wise, but be open to the idea of uh, of investing in real estate right now, uh, regardless of it's just for your own personal home, which wouldn't necessarily be an investment. But but buying real estate right now shouldn't be, I think, as scary a thing. Work within your limits. Be smart. Have your numbers. But but be open to an opportunity. Don't just shut it right out. So the people that I'm working with right now, typically, I've got both. I've got some that say, you know what, I'm not going to do this right now. And I explain the reason why it might make sense to still make a move right now, and and that's okay if they don't if they're not comfortable with that. That's totally fine. And the other ones are like, you know what? I see what you're saying, and you know, here's what's going to happen. Interest rates are always going to change, and over the last fifty years, the home prices in Ottawa have continued to increase. You know, over time, there's some blips, but we're gonna it. it we're not going to all of a sudden be on a downward trajectory for the next 50 years. That's not what's going to happen here. So those are two things that will always be, you know, we can always count on overall properties will appreciate and interest rates are going to change. So, yeah, you, you, you said earlier, um, you know, when everybody is going in one direction, you're going to do the best when you're moving in any other direction. Well, it seems like right now, everybody is sitting on the fence and waiting, right? They're all, well, I don't want to make a move right now. I want to see what's going to happen. So, like you said, this might be the exact perfect time to 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 jump and maybe to take that leap of faith, knowing that hey, you know, all the all the dynamics uh, that that we would expect for this to make sense are there, um, but it's scary, right? Because there's a lot of people who have been stuck holding the bag over the last six months, 
a lot of flippers, a lot of short, uh, short uh, term uh, uh, investors, right? Uh, the long term game is always the solution. And in that same vein, we'll, we'll, we'll make this the last topic and wrap it up. But in that same vein, you've looked to uh, expand your personal real estate empire. Uh, and again, thinking from uh, at first a short term point of view, but I think you're, you're, you're likely going to be more looking towards the uh, long-term view, and you're now uh, doing some investing down in the United States of America. How's that going? I am. It's uh, it's going well. So this is not the uh, shiny, glamorous investing abroad kind of uh, conversation. Um, I am not looking to purchase a short-term rental in Costa Rica. Uh, I'm not buying a condo in Dominican Republic. Um, it's just more getting involved in real typical ground roots, real estate investing, but, uh, in the land of opportunity. Uh, so one thing that I've noticed is that there is uh, way more opportunity in the U S and that's, there's way more people. There's also way more houses. Um, so, and there's a lot of houses that sit empty. The thing is, is that like, we've seen a real, uh, you know, I think it's important to keep in mind, like our, our market in Ottawa has seen a real big change. Well, our average house price, Sean, you do the markets uh, updates every month. Like what was the average sale price at its highest? Almost $800,000 in Ottawa? Over eight. That's right. Over yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah. Residential so, condo, yeah. Over so, eight. so when you increase your interest rate by 2% on an $800,000 purchase, that's a big change in your monthly payments. Okay. So you have to really keep in mind, like it's, it's all about perspective, right? So you go to the U S a two or 3% interest rate change on a $200,000 house doesn't ruin your life the same way, right? Or doesn't affect your life the same way, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, like, man, so, so it's not, yeah, it's a blip. but it's not going to destroy. And they also talk about like average income in the U S is, is, for household, I mean, certain areas are are obviously rough, but I think on average, like it's not that much difference, you know. So the big thing is is the is the cost of housing here is huge. So down in the states, yes, they've seen things change. Yes, the rates have gone up. Yes, they've seen an effect, but the effect was really more of a cooling off of the craziness that they saw, right? Like the Florida, you know, states and so on, and like Arizona and stuff like that that just just took off because everybody wanted to move to Florida, so they were here. They went up to here, and now they're down around here, right? For let's say, you know, uh, value and stuff like that. So yeah, so we've we've seen we found an opportunity there. We've connected with some people. For, for the people who are listening and not watching, uh, oh, my know. hands were up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's so say they started at a at a three. Yeah. And went up to a seven, and now they're down to a six or a five and a half kind got of thing, it, right? It. So it, it still still gained, you know, has not gone down to a two from the original three, nothing like that. Um, but the, but the affordability is still there. Like there's just, it's just more affordable now for an investor. It's also affordable. There are homes sitting empty. Uh, I was down in Florida and Tampa with a, with a real estate investor friend of mine. And we were down there for a conference and, and he had a stat where it's, I think one in five houses in, in Tampa alone is empty. And Tampa was one of the biggest gaining cities in the U.S. And when the market was just booming, um, for appreciation, uh, Tampa, I think was in the top five. So that tells you something. There's still opportunity there. And, you know, we don't have value. You can drive around Ottawa for five days and be lucky to find a vacant house that's falling apart. So that's a big, so yeah, so we went down there for opportunity. We said, hey, why, why not do something different? Everyone's doing the same thing here. 
And um, yeah, so we went down there and I think our biggest thing was to hopefully to get into larger multi-unit buildings, which which is still what we want to do. But now we realize, wait a second, there's way more to this than than just that. There can be a passive investing with that with those multifamily buildings. And there could also be an active income because there still is an opportunity to 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 flip houses there. Now, when you're purchasing a property for sixty thousand dollars and putting forty thousand dollars into it and the ARV is one fifty, right? I, you know, and then I go to try to flip that property. Those are uh, you know, you might say, Oh, you're only gonna make thirty five thousand dollars American. Well, yeah, but that was a three or four month project. That's that's like that's like a hundred thousand dollars Canadian. Well, there you go. Not not quite, but it's there. It's up there. Um, about fifty probably. Um, so you got to look at it like that. Like that's on your on your investment on what you purchase. That's a pretty good return. Um, and financing. Uh, I I'm at the point where I have trouble getting financing around here and down in the U.S. You can get finance. They throw money at you, and that's the big difference than compared to here, right? So the interest rates are high, but being getting approved is is, is much easier, especially for investors. So we're down there and uh, yeah, we're, we're exploring that. And uh, we've got some properties going on, like I said, not in sexy, glamorous areas at all. Uh, we've got uh, one in, in a small town in Michigan where we have found a niche where um, there is uh, you know, a need for, there's a lot of buyers looking for flipped houses, that 150 to 250 sort of price points, uh, affordable first time home buyers, downsizers we want to make our proper we want to we want to attract the the largest segment of the market possible right so it could be many many people and that's kind of where we're looking at so um you know we're not making two hundred thousand dollars on a flip here but we're also not buying a six hundred thousand dollar property where we're you know carrying out a case or something at the end of the day you know if if we're not able to sell in the market we have exit strategies we can turn around and do a lease option on something like that which is very very common in the u.s so we could pull our money back out Put a, a tenant buyer in there for two or three years, and and have them pay a rent and and an extra money on top of that, and we can cash flow. And we've got all money back out. So at that price point, there's a lot of options, you know. So we're 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 doing those because yeah, the market may change for those lower price point homes too. But here's how we adjust for that if we get to the point where we're not able to sell for what we need to sell for. Um, so that's that's what we have going on there now. So again, it's just really about trying to stay ahead of the curve. Um, and trying to do some stuff that's different, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's exciting, and it's uh, it's all it's all very new and a lot of fun. So, well, it's obviously something that you're very passionate about, not just investing there, but also investing just in general. So, people wanted to reach out to you to have a, a, a sort of a, a consultation or a conversation with you. What's the best way for people to to find you? You just like shine the bat signal up over the city. And I go out there every night around 9.30, maybe a little earlier now because it's getting pretty dark early, but, um, and I'll look. So okay, if, if that's how you need to reach me, that's one way. Uh, the other way most people use, not everybody, some people do the best. The other way uh, most people use is they can uh, reach out to me at uh, Elliot at realcollective.ca. Uh, you can get me on the website at uh, realcollective.ca. I'm also on Facebook. Just uh, I'm not a fancy guy. I'm just, I'm just grassroots. I got my regular Facebook profile, Elliot Mold. Two L's, one T, M O U L D. It's the uh, best name in real estate, and uh, <laughs> it's everybody loves a little bit of not too much, just enough mold in their house. And um, yeah, that's the, that. Those are the best ways. Or you can, uh, yeah, uh, just I don't know. I'm the, I'm the only name Elliot Mold. So there's many ways to get a hold of me. I won't tell you where I live. 
but <laughs> not yet. Uh, awesome. Good. Well, listen, thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I'm, uh, you're always a wealth of knowledge and, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of learning and you mean I talk a lot. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and it's, uh, well, you're, you're a great podcast guest. How's that? How's that? <laughs> Anyways, uh, as always guys, if you uh, enjoyed what you heard today, feel free to share this with somebody who is uh, interested in maybe investing in real estate. Uh, you can like that video so that we can uh, help improve the algorithm and uh, subscribe to the channel to keep up to date on everything that's going on. Uh, click down below for the Calendly link to book an appointment. Uh, Ellie, do you have Calendly set up yet? No? No. Okay, cool. So click down below. Too, too busy investing in helping yeah. people buy houses. I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you're too busy doing work. The schedule will be full. That's right. Yeah, just just jam packed. Uh, <laughs> link down below. Uh, and uh, if you're listening to uh, uh, Apple, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, you can find us there. As always, if you're watching this on YouTube, then uh, you get to look at our beautiful faces. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's all good stuff. Uh, uh, so. Until next time, keep it real. Collective.